massive warm welcome to you. My name is Chris Rogers and I am your host for the Making Disciples podcast. Great to have you with me. And we have been walking through the Sermon on the Mount. This is a discipleship podcast. Anything that applies to discipleship, about how to make disciples or learning to be more like Jesus, that's what we cover in this podcast. And we've been walking through the Sermon on the Mount. Why? Because if Jesus is our blueprint, if we're becoming disciples of Jesus, then we need to know what Jesus thinks, uh, what he teaches, what he does, how he behaves, how he acts, all of that stuff. The Sermon on the Mount is a perfect manifesto of what it means to walk in the way of the kingdom of God. See, the kingdom of God is upside down. The world says, uh, get bigger, get stronger, get more powerful, get more wealthy then you will be secure and Jesus brings an alternative kingdom an upside down kingdom and what he's trying to do is correct our thinking he's trying to say to us this is how the world has taught you to behave and now I'm telling you to behave this way totally counterintuitive in a way that's totally upside down to the world around you and he's really inspiring us to walk a different path to the way that the world walks and that's why today's little chunk is so cool he is going to give us a totally alternative way of behaving in the face of injustice oppression exploitation he, he gives us another way of behaving so I'm, I'm really excited to walk this through with you because we're only going to be going to be looking at what is essentially uh, four verses and in those four verses it, it really says a lot every line is dense and will take me five or six minutes to explain what Jesus is saying in each line. So we're going to crack on. A couple of things before we get there. Number one, if you are finding this series interesting, if you are finding today's episode mind-blowing, then I'd love to say please do pick up a copy of the Bible book by book. This, uh, that book is where uh, I've tried to put everything that I know or what I'd learned at that point of publishing, uh, everything I knew on the teachings of Jesus and uh, the whole of Scripture. And the Bible book by book is a walkthrough of uh, how do we read the Bible in context, uh, where it was written, shapes and forms so much uh, of what we should get from it. The danger is, if you're like me, I live in East London and I read my East London way of thinking into the Scriptures and therefore don't get as much from it as I as I should or I could or I'm able to. So reading the Bible in context should radically change uh, the way that we read scripture. So today in this passage we're going to read it in context of the the history of of when it was written and hopefully we'll kind of change maybe the way that you you want to engage with it or the way you understand uh, what Jesus is saying in it. So that's the first thing. So Bible book by book you'll see a link in the show notes we could pick up a copy of that. The second thing is it does take quite a while to put these episodes together and trying to uh, keep going, keep going with them uh, is, is not always easy. So a massive thank you to those of you that support the podcast by buying me a coffee. Uh, it means when I come to do my research, when I come to record, I can do so with a cup of coffee coffee by my side, knowing that one of the listeners uh, has bought it. So if you have found any of these episodes inspiring, I'd love you to buy me a coffee and just being a consumer, uh, actually being a part of the podcast. So I'd love you to, to do that. Now, let's jump straight in because we've got to get moving today as we explore an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Uh, this is Matthew 5 verses 38 to 42. Some of you may have heard me talk about some of this before, uh, but if not, this will be uh, this will be an eye opener for sure. So let's jump straight in as we explore 
what Jesus has to say in the Sermon on the Mount about an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Right, let's go. Jesus is preaching, is teaching us about a new way of life, the kingdom of God. And he comes to this point in scripture where he says, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If somebody strikes you on the right cheek, turn to them and offer the other one. And if somebody wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. If anybody forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Let's dive in as we look at this. So I don't know if you've ever read Romeo and Juliet. It's not one of my favourites, I have to say. Um, but in Romeo and Juliet, there is this introductory uh, moment where it explains to you the backstory. And there, in Romeo and Juliet, there's this ancient grudge that goes back. And these two households of equal dignity, uh, their relationship had broken down and they had dehumanised the other family. And it, it came to blows. And here you have the Montagues and the Capulets who were now at war against each other. And uh, in the story, you have, you have two lovers from each of the family fall in love. Uh, showing you how the family can come together but but here you had two families who had dehumanized each other so much uh, they were at war with each other and, you know in the world uh or certainly the, the world that i um i kind of navigate i think there's two ways the world taught me growing up that, that there was two ways of dealing with conflict uh fight or flight so faced with oppression, faced with injustice, and faced with violence, uh, we would normally be taught to respond in two ways. You either fight it or you flight, you run away. You know, in fight, uh, what's modeled to us is that you seek revenge, you take out the fist, you retaliate, you get back at the person that's done something to you. Uh, so if somebody hits you, then you hit them back. And if somebody takes something from you, then you take something back. But usually what happens in that, it spirals. Uh, I get punched by you, so I punch you not once but twice back. You then retaliate with a knife. I then retaliate with the sword. And then the next thing we know, it's full flight, uh, full fight war mode. So uh, there's the, the fight, you know, you retaliate, you punish back. Or the other option then you get taught, you know, in pacifism would be flight. You, you run away, we run away, we escape, we ignore. Uh, we never speak to them again. We avoid facing the challenge and we're heading in the, in the opposite direction. So you have these two ways of thinking, fight or flight. And in the context of God's people, there were those who said, hey, we are under the oppression of the Roman Empire who are oppressing us. We've got to fight back. So you ended up with terrorists. In fact, one of Jesus's disciples was a, was a terrorist. It says that in the scriptures, describes him as a terrorist and um, a terrorist is somebody who literally decides the only way of dealing with this situation of oppression and injustice is to use fight is to attack back now there, there were others that were around at the time who said no no no, you can't do that 
uh, we just don't do anything. You know, we, 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 we kind of hold up our hands, we surrender, and God will fight for us. We're going to do nothing. And into this, Jesus speaks a fresh word, an alternative uh, way of living. And so Jesus speaks into it by quoting scripture. So right at the beginning of uh, Matthew 5, 38, he says, Jesus says, you have heard that it is said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And the teaching that was around that had kind of developed over time was that it was better to have the eye of somebody if they've taken your eye or a tooth for a tooth. It was better to to have the same back. So if you take my eye, I'll take your eye. If you take my tooth, I'll take your tooth. At least in that, that scenario, things don't escalate. Uh, so you've heard it said, an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. So if somebody does something to you, the law said, then all you can do back to them is what they've done to you. Don't escalate it. Where do you see this, Chris? Where's this from? Well, come with me to uh, Leviticus 24, verses 19 and 20. If anybody who injures their neighbour is to be injured in the same manner back, fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, the one who has been uh, inflicted the injury uh, must suffer the same injury. So in other words, somebody breaks your arm, then you get to break their arm, but nothing more. You break their arm, but you don't break their leg. Uh, they take your eye, then you take your, their eye, but you don't take two eyes. You don't take their eye and a punch. You don't take their eye and a stab, literally an eye for an eye. So the law said, if somebody does something to you, then you can do it back to them. Uh, at the same level but nothing more so it can't escalate and that is justice so if somebody kills your child then you can kill their child but nothing more you can't go above and beyond uh, what they have done to you and that was the law the law said you could do back to the other what they have done to you so you have heard it said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth then Jesus says but I tell you do not resist an evil person. The word resist is there really interesting. So the word resist, I'm going to butcher this. I'm going to say it really slowly. But the Greek word here is antisteanai. And it literally is where we get the word antihistamine from. And it means to resist violently, to revolt or to rebel with violence. So Jesus says, you've heard it said, I've a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. Do not use violence in any shape or form. Do not resist violently to revolt or, or re uh, rebel with violence. In other words, it says, do not use re uh, violence to resist evil. So if somebody's done something to you, Jesus says, I'm telling you not to go there. If they've taken your eye, then you don't take it back. Uh, if somebody breaks your arm, fractures your arm you don't fracture it back um, there is another way of dealing with conflict so in a world of fight or flight Jesus introduces what we now call as Jesus's third way of creative nonviolent revolution okay 
So Jesus gives us an alternative third way of dealing with violence. And in the passage today, he's now going to give us three scenarios that we can deal with it in an alternative way. Not working with violence, not running away and, and doing nothing, but actually challenging the injustice in a non-violent kind of way. So here we go. We're going to explore this. And he looks at three uh, scenarios uh, that he gives us an alternative way of dealing with it. So he says this, if somebody strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him and offer the other one also. Okay. To be hit on the right cheek, if you think about it, if somebody was to hit you with a fist and their face on to you, they would hit you on the left cheek. The only way of being hit on the right cheek was to be hit, to be slapped with the back of their hand. What I'd love you to do is just think about this for a second. So, to hit somebody on the right cheek involved being hit as the back of a hand slapped. Now, there's a phrase I grew up with, which is a really derogatory phrase. Please work with me on this and don't get offended if, uh, in this. But uh, there was this phrase um, to give somebody a bitch slap. So to, to slap somebody with the back of their hand, it's a horrible phrase, uh, but it's the way I'm trying to kind of explain it for us. It's, it's the kind of slap that would get given between a master and a slave. It's the way that somebody who perceives to have power over you would slap you so it's not an outright fight it's not a fight of equals it's a way of hitting somebody uh, and showing that you have authority over them uh, to demean them uh, i was watching indiana jones recently and uh, in indiana jones the uh, the nazi uh, in it takes his glove off and slaps Indiana Jones across the face with the back of his glove. It's that kind of idea. It's uh, you. You are not even worth punching. Uh, I'm going to slap you with the back of your hand. Um, it it really is a master versus slave. It's an abusive way of hitting somebody. Um, so to hit somebody on the right cheek was to use the back of your hand. Now, if you were to turn to that person and say, "No, no, hit me on the left cheek." Offer them the other cheek. What you're not saying is, come on, have another go. You've obviously hit me once, have another go. Don't mean that at all. Now, to say hit me on the left cheek, the other cheek, uh, how, how is the person going to now hit you uh, on your left cheek? The only way they could hit you on the left cheek is to actually hit you with their face fist. Now, so you've got to get your head around right hands, left hands. So, um, in the world of the Middle East, your left hand was what you used for all your unclean business. Your right hand is what you used uh, for everything else. So fighting, writing, that kind of thing. Okay. So if you went to the toilet, you'd you'd wipe yourself with your left hand because it was the unclean hand. So to hit somebody on the left cheek involves hitting them with a fist. So if you were to say to somebody, if somebody hits you on the on the right cheek and then you offer the left, you're essentially saying, "Come on." fight me now as equals so to, to be struck or hit on the left turned the fight from being a fight of master versus slave an abusive relationship of power or something like that to a to a fight of equals so jesus is saying 
uh, eye for an eye, a tooth for a teeth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If somebody strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other cheek also. It's not a case of, hey, you've hit me once. Why don't you just keep on doing it? It really is a, you hit me on the right cheek and you've treated me as a slave, as somebody who is under you. But I want you to hit me on the left cheek because we're equals. So it's a way of reclaiming your power uh, and your authority. It uh, exposed cruelty and actually turned this uh, fight into the fight of two equals. Then second, after this, Jesus says, if somebody wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. So you and I wear layers of clothing. You've got your outer coat, you've got your shirt or your, your t-shirt, then underneath of that you've got your underwear. In the Middle East there was only two layers of clothing because you didn't wear underwear because it was so hot. You wanted things just to be out in the open because it's so warm. So you'd end up with two pieces of clothing. You had your tunic which was your undergarment that went down uh, to your your ankles and on top of that you would then have your cloak or your jacket. Now to explain this is going to just take a little bit more time. So in a court of law if you owe somebody money, if they're suing you and they are taking you to court because you owe them money and you have got nothing left, you are so skint you've got nothing left, then they can take you to court and they can take from you the clothes off your own back. They could leave you with nothing. That's that's kind of um, where it was heading. But the law said you couldn't take absolutely everything. You had to leave them with something. So your tunic was your inner garment and your cloak was your outer garment. So somebody could take you to court and they could take from you one of those garments, but they always had to leave you with one other thing. They couldn't leave you naked. So you owe somebody money. They are taking you to court. They're suing you for everything that you have got. And Jesus says, if somebody wants to sue you and take your tunic, let them have your cloak as well. So you're in court. Somebody's suing you and they're taking you down for everything you've got. They have dehumanized you to the point where they want everything from you. They want to strip you of everything. All they can leave you with is your cloak or your tunic, one or the other. And Jesus said, if somebody's suing you for your tunic, in that moment that they sue you and you take your tunic off to give it to them, give them your cloak as well. If you were to give them your cloak and your tunic, what are you left wearing? Nothing. In Jewish culture, it was degrading to see somebody stark naked, okay? If you were to see somebody stark naked, other than your partner, it was actually something that made you unclean. Well, you know, this is um, a part of this culture. It's worth kind of understanding this. So if I saw somebody naked, I would be the one who was now unclean. So if you're in court, and somebody's suing you for everything you've got. You've obviously done something. You owe them money. Uh, so they're taking you to court. And in that moment that they've won and they have stripped you of your tunic, give them your coat as well. Because in that moment, you stand there naked. 
they are the one that now is foolish for seeing you in the nude so it was an alternative option for you that if somebody was taking you for everything literally have them take everything because in that moment they took everything it really shows them up as the fool they're the one that's seen you naked they're the one that has made this happen so uh, to sue you and take your tunic let them have your coat as well because in that moment they will see you as naked and then the third thing that jesus says he says here if somebody forces you to go one mile go with him two miles wow okay are you ready the person that was allowed to tell you to carry their bag for a mile was a roman centurion jerusalem was occupied by the romans that's whole surrounding area and there was a, a roman law that said a roman centurion could turn to you and they could demand that you carried their backpack for them for one mile but the law stated that you couldn't ask them to carry it for two miles it was a way of saying look we are better than you uh, but you are not we're not going to treat you as a slave uh, but we are better than you so you carry our bags but you could only let them carry it for one mile and they had these markers on the floor so it was possible to know how far one mile is so if somebody has told you and said carry my bag for one mile what have they done they are treating you like a slave they're treating you not as an equal they're treating you as somebody who is under them less than them other to them so jesus said if somebody has told you that you have to carry their backpack for a mile they are degrading you uh, so the way that you reclaim power in this situation jesus says this alternative third way is that once you've carried it for one mile you carry continue to carry it for a second mile so that first mile imagine this you're carrying the backpack you're walking along they have got power over you because they are forcing you to carry their heavy luggage but at the end of the first mile as you suddenly decide to carry it a second mile who now has power well you have power because you are carrying the backpack you are now choosing to take it further than what they asked and according to Roman law, they were now breaking the law by have you carry a second mile. So as you continue to carry that backpack, the Roman centurion suddenly starts saying, please put it down. Please, please don't carry it any further. Because they knew if they were caught forcing you to carry their backpack a second mile, they could lose a month, two months, three months worth of wages. Suddenly they, they themselves can't afford to pay to put food on the table for their family because you are now reclaiming power and now they're begging you please put down my backpack please put down my backpack i'm gonna lose one two three months wages if you keep carrying my backpack so suddenly the power has shifted so here you have three illustrations um that jesus gives us one about right to left cheeks one about being sued in a court of law another around carrying the backpack these three illustrations jesus is teaching here you know it's not fight and neither is it flight run away but you challenge the injustice head on you challenge the injustice head on and in that moment you reclaim power 
So it's like Jesus offers a new sort of justice, a creative, healing, restorative justice. For Jesus, when we expose the injustice, we are creatively giving the other person the chance to do the right thing. Gosh, isn't this so cool what Jesus is doing here? And we skip past this passage so fast. We think eye for an eye is literally about being um, uh, um, not a layover. Um, I don't know what it is, like a, a doormat. Um, we think this whole thing about suing, giving them everything. It's just a little bit odd. Like, what, what does this mean? This walk the extra mile? Well, surely that's about being kind or something, isn't it? Well, no, it's not all of these things at all. So in Jesus, friends, is essentially inviting us to use humour in a creative third way, a way of revealing this injustice and bringing about justice, this restorative justice. It's almost like generosity exposes the cruelty, the generosity of the left cheek, the generosity of the, the coat, the generosity of carrying a second mile. This generosity exposes the cruelty. Now, I came across a story a number of years ago, which I'm going to share, about Desmond Tutu, Archbishop Desmond Tutu. Apparently, uh, he was walking by in a, a construction site uh, on what was a, like a temporary sidewalk. It was only the width of one person. And as he's walking down the road, a, a white man uh, kind of is walking towards him on that safe, same pavement that's only... Uh, the width of one individual and as the guy gets up to um, Desmond Tutu he turns to him and says uh, I don't give way to gorillas and in this moment Desmond Tutu steps to one side makes a sweeping gesture with his hand and he turns to him and says ah yes but I do ah yes but I do I love it I don't give way to gorillas. Ah, yes, but I do. That is a perfect example of Jesus's third way. Hu using humour to undermine injustice and reclaim power. I absolutely love this. So, friends, Jesus is inviting us to see a new way of living. Not where fight or flight are the two options, but a creative third way, a non-violent resistance, a non-violent uh, revolution uh, where generosity is exposing cruelty. Now, I think this is very difficult. What this does is it means we have to be creative. We need to put anger down. You can't be creative when we're angry. We've got to put anger down. And in a place of creativity, come up with new ways of dealing uh, with the injustice that's right in front of us. Not where we fight it or run away, but where we charge it head on using humour. So, friends, in small conflicts, we have the opportunity to creatively use humour to reveal back to the other individual how ridiculous they are being uh, no story of an office worker who delivered funeral flowers every time their boss shouted at them uh, in public i heard this story that every time the boss shouted at the office they would uh, secretly send them and have delivered to their boss funeral flowers as a, almost as a way of ridiculing them um 
I thought that was quite a fun way of of dealing with that that kind of conflict. I love the uh, Desmond Tutu uh, challenging this this uh, racist idiot. I don't give way to gorillas. Ah, yes, but I do. These are creative third ways, new ways of dealing with this oppressive uh, behaviour, and it's all rooted in generosity. So, eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Jesus is flipping the whole thing up and down. Can you look for ways this week to be generous? Can you look for ways to practice the creative third way of this non-resistance, non-violent resistance? Can you look for generosity as a way of of exposing cruelty? You are going to, I really suggest, it's going to take some time just to brew on what we've talked about in this episode. I don't believe you can go straight back into whatever you're doing and not ponder this. So if you are one of those that are listening to this while doing the washing up, there's somebody else in the room, talk to them, debate with them. What does it look like for you to practice this third way? It might be that you need to make some notes and start jotting down ideas of ways of being creative uh, in the way that you challenge injustice. But I don't think you can simply just turn this episode off and just get on with life. It's going to take some chewing on. What does this look like for you specifically to practice this way of behaving? So friends, until next time, grace and peace. Have a great week and do reflect on what this looks like for you.